Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening, and thank you for calling the Soul Cafe. You are on with Minister Tina. I appreciate everyone. I appreciate everyone for calling in tonight. Um, we have an interesting show. Um, it's going to be a very good show. Uh, the week before, we talked about um, homosexuality in the church. Um, we had a guest who happened to be a transgender, which was my older brother, and it was a very good conversation just to, you know, just to get a point of view. And one thing that I've learned even from even having that conversation is that a lot of times going to church or being a believer, we tend to be judgmental. And we, we the first thing we do is we start browbeating people with the Bible. We start saying, oh, you know, this is abomination. This is this, that's that. You're going to hell. We quit to do that. But one thing that I've learned in my in my years, one actually having a homosexual sibling, is that people do actually do not know how to handle a spirit being that up and close and personal with them. And that a lot of times people who have the homosexual spirit, they have been mishandled in the church because you cannot see lies, you you cannot see feelings, you know. You don't know that someone is cheating on their husband or cheating on their wife. You know, you may hear about it or you may see them in action, but I believe a lot of times that, um, you know, seeing somebody who talks different, who asks to be up close and personal, we don't really know how to, we don't really know how to take it. So we immediately just go to this is what the Bible says versus just talking to a person. So I was pleased to have that conversation. And one thing that I like to do in the Soul Cafe is be willing to have that difficult conversation because when being in church and being the church, are, being in church and being the church are two different things. You can go to church and not be in Christ, and you can and you can be in Christ and not be inside four walls. But what 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 I'm the point that I'm trying to make is that we need to be able to have conversations. We need to be able to sit down and have conversations despite our convictions, despite our um, despite our thoughts. We still need to be able to have a conversation. We still need to be able to talk to somebody without saying they have, um, because they're different from me, you know, they have a disease of homosexuality or where is your conviction, saying things like that, you know, you don't know what the person is struggling with. And if you say that you're a loving person, you need to be loving at all times. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Don't immediately just attack a person because they do something different. Because, again, everybody changes when they want to change. They don't, they're not going to immediately just, just because they walk in the door, they're not going to immediately change. What needs to be what needs to happen is that the anointing needs to be so strong in the buildings. People need to come to church for the right reasons, and that is to worship worship God. That is to gather together and worship God. And as you begin to worship, and His presence begins to fill the place, then the anointing destroys the yoke, not the people. The the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit is what destroys any type of yoke. And and obviously, if there are homosexual people or fornicators, liars, if these people are in your church, anybody's church, if they are in your church and they are not changing, don't check the people. 
check your worship. Check your worship. Because if obviously you're not worshiping. You gotta worship because the anointing is either going to change and transform. They are going to have an experience and it's going to change and transform them or it's going to push them out the door because they can't handle it. That's not what they came for. So I just wanted to open up with that because there are some changes that are coming to the Soul Cafe. But um, And I would just honestly just make that my soul food for today is just be open to change. Be open to the changes that are going to come. Be open to getting good news. Be open to getting bad news. Because sometimes, not sometimes, it all works for your good. Anybody that loves the Lord and knows that he's in control, you know that it all works for your good. So tonight we um we have a special guest. Her name is Miss Kenyatta Hall, and she is going to be talking about being delivered from homosexuality and perversion whereas we spoke with Mr. Gray before, and he was content in his lifestyle, feeling that, you know, if if deliverance works for someone else, that's fine, but he was fine being who he is. And, again, as a true believer, sometimes you have to understand people have to want to change. You cannot force it on them. So we're going to take a brief break, and then when we come back, um, we'll have Miss Hall. Miss um, Hall, she'll be on the line, and she'll be talking to us about her experience of the process of, of being delivered from homosexuality. So if there's anybody listening, this is not just necessarily saying you're a homosexual, but it's, it's, it's there to tell you that you things can change in your life. You can have an encounter with God, and things can change. So at any point that you have a question, or, or you want to make a comment, or you just want to say hi, just press 1. So we're going to take a break real quick, and I'll be back in a little bit. Don't wait. It's still a 
let him guide you Cause he knows your destiny Pride in all of your enemies oh, You were built for this Hallelujah. That was a song called Born to Win by Mr. B.J. McKenzie. And I just want to say the first time that I heard that song, I just had to lift my hands and just worship because we all go through moments in our life where we just we just think, like, what is really going on? And it seems like you take one step forward and you get pushed two steps back. But um, when I first heard that song and when he said, you are built for this, you are born to win, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm willing to have, I'm bold enough to have these conversations because I know that I was born to win. I know that I was born to do something. And there are a lot of people that want to be seen, but there are a lot of people that don't want to address the real issues and the real situation. So I know that I was born to win and I hope that you do too. So um, we're about to bring on Miss Kenyatta Hall and she will be discussing with us her experience with uh, deliverance and overcoming homosexuality and perversion. So we're going to bring her in right now. Hello. Hello. 
Hello. Can you hear me? Good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. How are you this evening? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. First, I wanted to tell you thank you for um, accepting the invitation to come on and to um, just have a conversation with me because I was very, um, I was very um, on our on our first show that I did that I was very impressed at how your input and how you handled our guests and and you know you weren't very pushy and you you know you weren't argumentative you were you you know you could hear. You can hear the conviction, like I when you say I respectfully, you know, disagree. I, you know, that's that's something that that pulled on me and and made me reach out to you. So I just want to tell you, thank you for accepting the uh, invitation to talk with me. Amen, amen. Thank you for having me on here. I think it's important. Um, a lot of people are kind of hush hush or don't really know what to say when it comes to deliverance and being free from homosexuality because for some it it just seems like it's um a myth or it's fake or or just like um your guest kind of put me in the category and trying to individualize it it's you know deliverance from this um lifestyle it's for everybody it's not just limited to me it's for everybody so Amen. Amen. Well, if you don't mind, just uh tell tell me about your just tell me about your experience so you know, so that others can can hear and understand and that even if it is someone on the line who may be dealing with it, that they don't have to be ashamed and they could kinda of get an idea of of the process, you know, what goes on during the process. Definitely. Um well <laughs> I will say that the process will make you feel like this is who you are and that you are still gay and that God did not have this altar call experience with you and God did not speak to you and God, you know, um, did not deliver you because once you have the um, the encounter with God, and that's the thing, you have to have an encounter with God. You know, people are used as vessels to get you to God, but once you have that experience with God, that is when you will um, really recognize that you are being delivered. But after that experience is where the hard part really comes in and, and the process of really walking out because it's not just a snap of your fingers and, hey, I'm not gay anymore. It's just it's really being diligent and really walking through the process of being delivered from that spirit. And when I was in it, I was not um, out in the open. I was quiet. I was in the closet. So you really had to um, ask me, are you gay? Okay. Even though I dressed like a tomboy and um, I, I – I kind of put the perception of not necessarily looking like the quote-unquote stud, but I look like a tomboy. So, you know, it was just questionable. So um, I didn't want to hear the you going to hell speeches and you know what the word of God said. I didn't want to hear the 
you know, getting beat on the head with the Bible because mm-hmm. me being in the closet, I've heard church comments and I heard how um, saints would talk about gay people and how they're going to burn in hell and how they're never mm-hmm. meant to walk the earth. And, you know, just I heard the harsh comments. And so that was me. And so I felt like, well, man, you talking about me. So I'm not going to open my mouth. I'm not going to, you'll never know what kind of life I'm living. And so even though I was in the church, I was, you know, I just kind of used God as my genie in a bottle. I will only come when I really felt some hard thing happening in my life. And so God had to really pull in the reins on me because um, my encounter with, with him was really, like maybe toward the end of my college career, maybe a little bit after I graduated is when I had my encounter with God because I was suicidal, I was depressed. I, you know, I didn't know my right from left. And so um, God just really had to speak to me himself because I was one of those that didn't, speak to anybody, you wouldn't know what was going on with Kenyatta. I was a quiet person. I was a quiet one. And so if I were to kill myself, nobody would have knew, man, you know, I just talked to Kenyatta. You know what? She seemed upbeat and happy, and that's what I presented, you know, even though my insides were being tormented. And so a lot of people don't think that, um, um, or I, I should change that. A lot of people would venture to say, well, some people think they may be born that way. Well, at one point, I did think I was born that way. But I guarantee you that um, science or nothing else can really tell you that this is who you are and this is who you're supposed to be. It is really a demonic spirit that literally attacks you in your youth and it will grow up with you and make you feel like this is who you're supposed to be. When really um, what has happened is a door was left unguarded by your parents, probably unbeknownst to them, and so it allowed Mm -hmm. demonic activity. And when you start talking about demonic realms and demonic activity, you have to uh, think that demons don't play fair. And as much as we would like to think that God is, you know, as is, is powerful as he is, but, you know, demons are set on the earth realm, and they will look for any crack in your door, and they will itch and, and claw their way right on in to where your parents won't know, to where even the child, and that's why a lot of times when you think about demonic attacks, um, it comes in your youth because that's where a child is most vulnerable. And that is pretty much what happened to me. Um, and and even with me, I lived a suburban life. Both parents in my house, they're still married. Um, but, see, there were subtle doors in my life that were open. And so because of those okay. subtle doors, it really started to attack my identity. And unbeknownst to my parents, and and I know without a shadow of a doubt that my parents love me. I know that for a fact. But because of their brokenness, they didn't know how to parent 
um, me or my brother. And even though they were great providers, even though they, they made sure that we had a roof over our head, they made sure that they put us in the right schools, they made sure that we got an education and all of that, it was the emotional neglect, the I love you's, the hugs, the, the talks, the, you know, those things were kind of lacking. And so with that subtle door that left room for the enemy to attack my life. And so it attacked me and my identity. And then on top of that, with a, another subtle door was I was molested by a female family member. And it was, it was really, it was subtle to a point to where I blocked it out and I just kind of went living like that never happened to me. And so since I lived, you know, like that never happened to me, um, those demons started growing up with me. And so as continued to grow up with me, it started to really attack my identity. And at one point, I did want to, you know, live like a boy and, and act like a boy and have mannerisms like a boy. And so as um, I even entered into a relationship with, ooh, excuse me, with a female and um, she was the reason why, because sometimes, <clears throat> at some point, I wanted to come out and say, hey, I'm gay. But because of her and her not wanting to come out or anything like that, I um, stayed in the closet with her. And so as life kind of unraveled to me and I had that experience with God and, and then I had got the revelation, hey, look, you are living your life in um in a messed up way, I need you to follow me. I need you to track with me. And it really took God to just really talk to me and say, look, you're living your life wrong. And so once I had the revelation, I'm living my life wrong, I said, okay, let me fix it. But see, here's the thing with deliverance. You have to allow God to truly walk you through, and then he will put people in your life to help you through your deliverance process with me because I never, you know, I didn't understand the process of being free from homosexuality. I never understood, you know, that I needed uh, some type of mentor or, or discipleship or somebody next to me, you know, kind of guarding me and walking me through. So I messed up royally with my process of deliverance. I tried to control it myself. And so in my quest of being free, I said, well, since I know I can't be gay anymore, I might as well force myself to be with a man. And so I would force myself to be with a man even though I felt uncomfortable, even though it just I felt like, you know, this isn't right, I shouldn't be doing this. And so I ended up uh, being in an abusive relationship with a man. And so... With that, with the sexual abuse from him, with him, you know, hitting me a few times, and even with the emotional abuse, it just left me more broken. And so now I'm just looking at God like, well, now what? What am I doing now? What am I doing wrong now? You know, I, I, I can't be gay. Obviously, I, I'm not getting it right with a man. So what's going on with my life now? And so it just really took God just really having to, because I was so quiet and because nobody knew the inner pain, it really took him having to come down and just really minister to my spirit. And that is when mm -hmm. um, 
I met and fell in love with the man I'm with now, who happens to be my husband. He's we've been married. Uh, we're coming up in August on uh, is it 16 years now. <laughs> 16 years, Praise and we God. have two kids. So um, yeah, but even 10 years into my marriage, me um, thinking that my process was done because even though God had had corrected my inners and um, really dealt with me internally, externally, I still was shopping in the men's department or, you know, going to buy men's gym shoes or, you know, and, and kind of still having that um, demeanor of, of a man, but still trying to look like a girl because I was feeling like, man, you know, I'm not comfortable wearing women's clothes, but I'm more comfortable covering up my body and and wearing men's clothes. And that just really um, speaks to the molestation that I never dealt with and the abuse that I never dealt with with my ex-boyfriend. And so um, God had to, to, to really take me through another process of walking out my deliverance until where I became 100% free. And so that part right there, that part right there will have you question, hey, am I really heterosexual? Am I really meant to live my life as a lesbian? Or am I really meant, like, I always think about that guy, Mr. Delivered, who says he loves women's, 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 women's. When he got to that altar and said what he said, he made an accurate statement because when God delivers you, he doesn't take back his deliverance. He does not lie. He does not say, hey, you're not delivered, or you know what, I made a mistake, you're not delivered. But with this guy, it's the process that you all are looking at right now. He has no idea that he has to walk out a process in order for him to be completely free. That's why people tend to laugh at him, and that's why people are tending to think that he is still gay and um, that he is not delivered, that he's just kind of making himself look silly when all he really needs, he needs some mentorship. He needs um, somebody to kind of check on him, somebody to just really walk him through his deliverance and seeing that's the misconception especially when it comes to homosexuality, that when people like me say, hey, I'm not gay anymore, it's the misconception of, yeah, she's saying that, but I think she's still gay. But really it's the process. It's the process that will make you feel like you are still there. And if you do not walk out the process to its end, to its completion, then, yeah, you will go back. You and I and I did question and I did have those questions in my head, man. Maybe I should go back. Maybe I should go back. But God had to really ring me in and say, No, this is a part of the process, honey. I need to just walk you through this and see and it really took that encounter and a lot of times with the process, not only do you need mentorship, but you really have to have a discerning and listening and um yeah. opening up your spirit to God Himself in order for you to really be free from that stronghold because it really is a stronghold on your life that just wants to keep you bound and locked in chains and keep you to where you won't ever see freedom. 
So yeah. So, so one of one of my my questions for you, and I I thank you for that because they they gave me some insight because, you know I, you know I'm I'm not a homosexual, but having a sibling. And living my life hearing, you know, I lived my whole life hearing people use derogatory terms. There were times we could not go to church, we could not go to the store, we could not go anywhere without, you know, someone, you know, just having to stand there frozen, listening to someone just totally degrade your sibling. And, you know, I'm the youngest, but... um. I know even in the church, one of the things that, like, really drew me to my calling of ministry and wanting to be in the church was I saw how people were treated. And it wasn't just, you know, specified towards the homosexual person, but I saw how different people were treated who, who had to deal with some difficult things. And I saw how people would, like, overlook them or just like, oh, you know, just, you know, just kind of push them off to the side. And one thing that I really asked God for was like, Lord, give me compassion. Help me to be compassionate yeah. where I can talk. Yeah. You know, I'll be able to talk to anybody. I could talk to, I could relate to anybody. And one thing I want to ask is um, when you're talking about the mentor, mm-hmm. and I've listened to, uh, I've listened to a couple of people. I really don't like to, I really don't like to name drop you know, because I know that I'm not associated with people, but I've listened to a lot of people, and one 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 person in particular, they say you have to be qualified to like um like perform deliverance on you know somebody that's going through uh, wants to be delivered for homosexuality, and like you have to you know you have to be qualified, which I do believe, but do you think that someone that that does that has not struggle with it, but maybe like a sibling or someone, do you think that that person is capable of being a mentor or or walking with somebody through deliverance through that process? Absolutely. Um, Like you said, um, compassion, you know, because even with me, um, my best friend and you know, really unbeknownst to her, she really was a key um, in me walking out my process of of gaining back my, my feminine side. And um, with her, and she's not gay, she's married. And so um, with her just showing that love to me and, and just having that heart of compassion and just understanding, you know, not exactly how I'm feeling, but understanding that, man, yeah, she's going through, so how can I, you know, what can I do to help? And just always leading me back to God. Absolutely, you can um, uh, be a, a help to uh, someone that is struggling and, and really want a desire to get out of that life. And I've known even, even other people that um, will stand by someone who is walking their process out and just really allowing God to use you in a way that will help them. That is, you know, that's really key. You don't necessarily have to be um, an ex-homosexual. It's just kind of like someone who's coming off of drugs. Like, you know, I don't necessarily have to have had the experience of using drugs, 
when I could just show my heart of compassion and just, you know, um, really be showing that person love and just leading that person back to God. Because even my pastors, they even played a, a key role in, in helping me walk through um, the hardness of the process as well. So absolutely you can be a um, a mentor and, and a, a help to someone. But what's important to realize, and I think a lot of people, this is where um, I won't, I'll say it generically, where the church kind of falls short is that we're either too harsh or we are, um, what's my word, or we are too soft. And so I already spoke on the harsh ones that's constantly, you know, badgering with the Bible, but then you'll have someone who is just too passive and too soft, like, well, um, I'm trying to show you love, but... You know, if this is who you are and if this is making you happy, then maybe you should maybe you should go ahead and and, and see how that feels or you know, you, you sometimes you just gotta you gotta be able to meet in the middle and not compromise with um evil spirits, if I can say that. You know, you're not you know, because when you're looking at someone who is in the life of homosexuality, even the transgender community, when you're looking at them, you have to look at them in the eyes of that mentally, emotionally, they are not feeling well. They're sick. And if you look at them in the eyes of pain and that they are actually in pain and that they have um, pain in their life that they either blocked out or just pain in their life that they absolutely refuse to deal with. And so as a result, the homosexuality, the transgender is is, is just really the, the catalyst, is really the, the tool that is um, covering up what they don't want to feel anymore. still there? Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Um, hello. Okay. I'm, I'm hearing that I'm still on. Maybe I should still talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um okay. I'm gonna keep talking then. So yeah. I'll say about the process. Because um, I'm I'm getting these texts and people are saying that they can still hear me (laughs) and that I should keep talking. So, okay, I'm going to keep talking. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm going to keep talking then. So with the process, um, the one thing that I, I could think about with the process is equivalent to uh, um, someone who is on drugs and is detoxing from drugs, and they're detoxing without the med and without the medication and without the use of 
of um of of trying to ease the pain of of coming off of the high and and being able to to um get off the drug that is what a homosexual goes through with the process it's not easy wow. it it makes you feel like you know am i really um this person that you said I was, God, like I questioned God so many times during my process to where I felt like, God, are you getting tired of me asking the same question because I'm not feeling like you are with me. I'm not feeling like you are here with me. You know, you, you feel the shakes in the spirit. You feel the, the pain in the spirit. Right. It's, just, it's just like a a, a, a crack addict, uh, uh, someone who has abused drugs that wants to rid their system of that drug is just like that. It's just it's just like that for uh, someone who wants to rid their system of homosexuality. You feel the sweat, the shakes, and all of that in the spirit, and, and it makes you feel like, man, I, I think I need to be with a woman or for a man. I think I need to be with this man in order for me to feel better. So, okay. Well, we have we have three questions, and I do apologize okay. if it seemed like it was a pause there. I had a little technical difficulty for a second. Okay. But I thank you for <laughs> I thank you for carrying on for me. Um, <laughs> no problem. Zero zero four five. We're gonna take uh, we're gonna take our questions. Hello, you're in a soul cafe with Minister Tina and Miss Kenyatta Hall. How are you? Hi, Kenyatta. This is Doris. Hi. Yeah, I just want to say you're doing an awesome job. And, uh, I mean, I understand you a lot better, and I'm just looking forward for your book to come out. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mama. Thank you so much, yes, Mama she's Doris. Listening to, she's listening to, so we're both, <laughs> we're both listening. Thank Praise you. God. Thank, Thank you. you. And you stay encouraged. You're doing an excellent job. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. that. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're going to take our next caller, um, 8542. Hi, you're in the Soul Cafe with Minister Tina and Miss Kenyatta Hall. Uh, how are you? You're, break, you're breaking up. Uh-oh. You kind of you breaking up. We gonna we gonna come back to you. We gonna come back to you. Um, four eight oh six. Hello. A great yes. show, Kenyatta. This is Mother Virginia. Good job. <laughs> I love you more than I did yesterday. Oh, thank you oh, so much, oh. Mother Virginia. <laughs> okay, good job. Love you. Thank you. I love you too. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. We um <laughs> we have zero nine nine six. Hi, you're in the Soul Cafe with Minister Tina and Miss Kingetta Hall. How are you? Hello? Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. 
Okay. Six seven call us six seven oh eight. Hi, you're in the Soul Hello. Cafe with Minister Tina and Miss Kenyatta. How are you? I'm good. Tina, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, this is Kivano. How are you? I'm fine. Hi, how are, how you? are you? I'm good. So, um, you asked me to call in um, last week. So, um, and I've only caught like a part of this call today. So, I'm um, I'm in the valley, and you know, remember when we were in college? I used to always say, being in the valley of indifference, like you know, that huge difference between what we actually know and what we're trying to understand. There's a gap there in the middle between those two things because a lot of times a lot of outside influences try to help us to figure out what those things are. So what I'm trying to figure out is this 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 withdrawal or things that happens when it comes to you being quote unquote delivered from homosexuality and perversion. How does this happen and, and, and tell me what the scientific, you know, protocol for this is since, you know, I am a licensed psychologist, so that's that's what I'm trying to figure out where you know you're getting your information from. Because I'm a bit upset because it feels as if you're you're giving out information that's absolutely not true. So if you know if you can enlighten me, please, 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 please enlighten me and help me to understand what what your training is, what what your basis is, what degree you have, what field, what where you where you did your clinical study, all those different things to help you to be an expert to be able to say matter of factly that this is what actually happens. Well, that, that's what my I tra- okay. Uh, well, my training, my background is really the love of Christ Jesus in my life, and Him imparting His Spirit inside of me. And um, really, I am not one to to boast about a bunch of degrees. And my educational background is just really knowing the knowledge of Christ Jesus in my life, and just having the the knowing and um, the understanding of who he is to me in my life. And so when I have that knowing and that understanding, then that is where my freedom started to really come in and began to really change my life in ways that I couldn't even imagine, that I can't even explain to you. someone who, who's born the way that they are born or, or are the way that they are, you are associating that with the fact that it's a drug or some type of addiction and they have to go through some type of withdrawal or some symptoms. So when you make statements like that, that's not from the word. That's not from the Bible. That's not something that, you know, that I've learned in, in all the years that I've been in church and that I've read the Bible and studied the Bible. That's not something that I've learned. When, when, when you make statements like that and you're telling that to an audience or to, a, to the public, you're you're making it seem as if you're speaking from an expert's point of view, and you're not, because you can't liken that to an addiction as far as like a physical body addiction as far as a drug. You know, if 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 we are saying based on the premise that homosexuality is a choice and they're choosing to do it, then it's not an addiction; it's not a drug. It's just for them to choose to do it or choose not to do it. But again, when it yeah. comes to those yeah. being really quick. But, but one second, when it comes to those withdrawals, when it comes to those symptoms, those things happen when people are, you know, when you've been to do something to your body as far as a drug, for as, you know, a heroin or something like that, and your body has to be weaned off of them. So your body has to become accustomed to it. So then that's before you get those side effects. Um, 
I've known people, I've known people who, you know, who decided that they weren't going to participate in homosexual activity anymore, and they didn't go through any withdrawal. They just made a conscious choice to say that they're not going to deal with it anymore. So I'm just trying to figure out why why would you make that parallel when it feels to me as if it's disinformation? This is is why I made the parallel is because it's really an analogy on what most people that are trying to get free from that lifestyle – that's the parallel I made. That's the best way I can describe the process. I'm not saying that, oh, man, you're, you know, you're going through like a, a actual drug addict goes through. I don't know what it feels like for a withdrawal. I've just seen it. So because of what I've seen, I can make a parallel that, yes, that is, is close. If I wanted to describe what a process is for a homosexual to be free, that that's as close as I can get to describing someone who does not understand or know what it feels like to be gay or what it feels like to be in that lifestyle, then, yes, I will parallel it to that because that's the best way I can describe the process. And with the process, it is hard and grueling. And for those that may have, you know, had that encounter and they chose not to to um, to walk in that life anymore and they're completely free of it without going through the process, then amen to them. But I know most but see, of the see, ex-homosexuals the, here's, here's that I know, they have the though, process because... of going through what they have to go through in order to be set but completely free. Here's the problem I have, though, because based on the Bible, once God delivers you from something, you're delivered. You're walking in that deliverance. So therefore, there is no side effects. There are no withdrawals. When God delivers you from being an adulterer, you are delivered. When God delivers you from being a liar, you are delivered. He speaks those things as though they weren't, as though they are. He literally said, if, if, if you ask it of me, and you and you ask it of me, he's going to give it to you. So if, if you ask to be freed of homosexuality or a, a litany of other different things, you're walking in your deliverance. If you're walking in your deliverance, there are no side effects. That's the first thing. The second okay. thing is okay. If, hold, if on. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would like to intervene. I want to just kind of intervene right here because I don't want to seem like um, we don't we don't. I know, Cuba, I know, I know you're a passionate person, so I know you're not like yelling at anything, but I don't want oh, my no, no, guests no, to feel disrespected. But, no. but what I want to say is when you go, when the deliverance process, even, you know, the Bible, like you say, you know, God, you know, speak things as though they are. Even when Jacob wrestled with God and said, mm-hmm. I won't let you go until you bless me, he walked away with a limp. He walked away with a limp. Paul had a thorn in his side that was never mentioned exactly what it was, but he still had some type of after effect. And when the what she is talking about, she is talking about something that she went through personally and having gone through the deliverance process. Now, no, I've never had to go through the deliverance process of homosexuality, but I know what it is to have to be delivered from addiction and be delivered from unforgiveness. And yes, I had I had some shakes. I had some things that I had to deal with, and everybody deals with. You know, when you actually go through the process of deliverance, there are some people that, that hey, they they just done, and he can and God is sovereign. He could do anything that he wants to do, and he could be it could he could change it right instantly if he wants to, or he could take you through a process so that you can learn to trust him. So I want you to be mindful oh. that she is talking about. 
I want you to be mindful that she is talking about her personal experience that she had, the her well, personal no, encounter. So she don't have she to have a, no, she don't she have to have no degree or have to have study. No, she encountered she him just like Paul did it. on Damascus Road. So I want but you to Tina, keep that in mind. Tina, she said that she did not have the experience of the homosexuality. She she said that emphatically that she she doesn't know what they went through or what they go through. Well, you just said first of all, you said you didn't hear the whole thing, and and and, and I'm just gonna just tap on it a little bit. Just how everybody heard two or three minutes of Kim Burrell and had a whole thing. She has been on this line since like nine. 915, and she has given uh-huh. her testimony where she, the first thing she said was she had an encounter. So you have caught some, like, bits and pieces, and you didn't wait, wait. hear the whole thing. Wait. And so Tina, some Tina. of what she is saying is this was her personal experience, and if okay, she had Tina, to relate Tina. it to something so you could paint a picture, she's talking about the things that you go through. But Tina, okay, well, yeah, I, and I and I acquiesce if that if that's what she said because again, based on what her rebuttal to me was, she was just saying that you know from what she saw, she said that's what they were experiencing from I what think she here's, saw. Here's here's the misunderstanding, sir. Okay. The misunderstanding is um, I don't know what it feels like to be a drug addict. I know what it feels like to be a lesbian. I know what it feels like to be a stud. And so ex-studs, ex-lesbians that I have spoken with have experienced the same exact thing that I have described on this line tonight. So they've 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 experienced withdrawal, the shakes. In yes. this, um, if you apply this spiritually, yes. We have all experienced times when we felt like we were still gay, where we felt like maybe this is who we are. Maybe we need to go back to where we came from and and continue to be with the same sex. Yes, we have experienced those types of withdrawals. But with God continually to step us out and continue to grab our hands and continue to, to inch us out, of darkness, then that is where we began to see freedom and we began to see light. And that's when peace really started to flow within our hearts and within our minds. Okay. I mean, you know what? And here's the thing. I, I, I cannot begrudge your personal feelings, your personal belief, and how you feel that your life has changed or been motivated or, or you know, your deliverance has manifested itself. I, that, that's, that's something that I can't argue with because that is your personal experience. And so, you know, on, on that particular part. But, see, my 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 thing is um, – I don't know. I, I I think that everybody's experience is different, and I think that you know the need Absolutely. to be delivered, the the need to be delivered, or the need to not be delivered, the, the the need to walk in someone else's truth, or the need to walk in your own truth, so forth and so on. I think those things are relative. So when it comes to that, you know, you know, Tina's known me for over two decades. So absolutely. Um, Right, and so she's known me when I was in college, when I was a little young gay, a gay person, but I was still singing in the choir. I was still living, living my life for God. My mother was still a minister. I still lived the life that I sung about, but it, it, it still, it still was who I was. 
and it didn't change. It didn't change my love for God. It didn't. It, it didn't change my my love for the world. It didn't change my ability to minister and go forth and do the things that I needed to do because I wasn't having you know you know promiscuous sex. I wasn't in a relationship with anybody or so forth and so on. But again, I I I, I never felt. Um, and, and and Tina can attest that I, I I never felt the you know the the conviction because I lived my life the way I lived my life and it was unapologetic. But I was always there for everybody. I was always the person that you could go to and talk to. I was always that particular person. But I was gay and I still am gay. I am am I, I am who I am and I don't feel like I have a need for deliverance because as as long as my relationship with God is okay with me and I'm not getting the conviction of the spirit or getting the conviction for the things that I do. Cause I don't feel like anybody, I, I don't feel like, you know, here was, here was my thing with the, 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 the whole, the way that the, the, the wording of the segment, the homosexuality and perversion. See, to me, the reason why the Kimberrell situation was such a big thing, and we of course know that there was more to the message than what, you know, than what was actually played but you also have to understand that when we are when we are called by God and we are delivering the word of God then we're beyond reproach but if if at any moment we step out of God and step into self and step into our flesh then we fall victim to flesh so her personal feelings and her personal emotions about an, an individual or a situation inside the church uh, that, that rubbed her the wrong way that day or rubbed her the earlier before she got a chance to get up there and speak and preach. She took her message that was on the Bible and on the Word, and then she deviated into, you know, explicitives, you know, talking about, you know, rubbing her face in the breast and, and the man and, you know, and all of that. None of that's in the Bible. And, and and speaking like that and talking like that to a mixed group of individuals is just crass and it's rude. And I and I get it. When I was growing up, when I was you know, you know, I'm 40 now. When I was in my you know a young age, they used to do the fire and brimstone messages. You know, it would have you sitting inside the pews right. in the church. <laughs> and you'll be so nervous and so scared. You'd be you'd be holding right. on to your brother and sister's hand and all that kind of carrying on because they were throwing all those rocks at you. But here's my right. thing. My 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 thing is simple. If you want to find, if you want people to find deliverance, then instead of throwing stones at them, you need to throw breadcrumbs. So, and 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 my thing is, yes, preach the word and 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 bring the word, you know, as it is written, but don't add to it. Because again, it said you have to rightly divide the word. You 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 can't add to the word. You can't add your own spin to it. You can't fall into self and have your personal prejudice come out. And that's the reason why she's had the fallout that she had, because she would not have that fallout. Because if she was called by God and she was delivering her message and she was doing what she needed to do, then I guarantee you her message would have been heard the way it was designed to be heard. But the, the, whole, the whole point Thank is you, once Milo. you stepped outside of God, in my opinion. Milo, yes. I love you, but I have three more questions. Okay. <laughs> but – Again, our segment, uh, hopefully sometime this week, and sweetheart, I, I, I didn't mean to, you know, just go off or whatever, but when I saw homosexuality and perversion, I just feel like that's an affront to everything that I am, and I feel like that when it comes to the process of either deciding to be gay or deciding to, you know, to, to give your life to God and move back over, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a process, but I, I, it shouldn't be a painful process, and, and I don't think that it is a, should be compared to an addiction because, again, those people who go through addiction is a very, very hard road that they take. And it's it's hard for a homosexual as well. When you're dealing with um, truth, sometimes 
the word of God and how truthful it is, it can hurt. It can stab you in in places where you feel like, oh, my God, is this really what it is, God? Is this, you really telling me the truth right now? And so a lot of times that's the problem when when people get to saying your truth, my truth, their truth. It's really just the truth, and the truth is the word of God. And, and, and how it's delivered is amongst the person that's delivering it. So, if, yeah, if you've got somebody that's delivering the truth and the word of God in a wrong context, then, yeah, it will be hard to receive that person. But if you read and check the word for yourself, and that's what I had to do, I had to really read the word and check it and check the scripture for myself to really find those hard truths that God was speaking to my life. So, okay. And I and I, you know, again, I said I really don't like the name drop, but I I'm I'm a, I'm gonna name drop this person because I listened to um I listened to a periscope of a Miss Sophia Ruffin. And yes, I it know really her personally. Me. Praise God because something she said really moved me. She said you have to be mindful of who have who who is running your platform, who is giving you your yes, platform. That's the truth. And yes. if the world is and if the world is giving if the world is giving you your platform and funding everything that you do, you can't go against the world. And again, people know that Ms. Burrell is a gospel artist and she is a for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody know what the Bible say about everything, not just specified to homosexuality. But again, you know, you have to want to be delivered. You're going to go yes. through, you know, you're going to go through, some, you, you have to want to be delivered. You're going to go through some things. And your conviction, your conviction comes when it comes. It, it, yes. You know, and again, if, you, if you're in the right church, if, yes. You know, and I said it early. I said it earlier in my opening. If you're in the right church, if you go to church, or you know, you around so-called believers, it's not check check your worship. Check they worship because yes. if you worshiping the presence of God and the anointing of God is what destroys the yoke. And if you are in a in a in a house of worship and a house of prayer. The anointing is either gonna cause you to have an encounter or it's gonna push you out because you don't wanna exactly. you don't wanna change and you don't wanna be there. So it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. We're gonna take uh, another caller, um two five six zero. Hello. Hello. Hi. Okay, they may have dropped off. We're going to move down to Collar. Hello? Okay, well, I think I think that was, I think that was our last, I think that was our last call. But, um, you know, I do appreciate the, I appreciate the input. And um, I do want to thank, I, I do want to thank Mr. Hunt, Mr. Kivano. I want to thank him for calling in and, and speaking his mind. Because one thing I know about him, he is a very passionate person. He's a passionate person. So I know that he wasn't like really, like trying to attack, but yeah, he's yeah. you know he's he you know what I'm saying he's not trying to attack or be offensive in any way. He's always that person that come with the the other side, and 
I I pre I appreciate that, but at the same time, we still have to remember that, you know, we talked about homosexuality in the church. We talked about it before. And yeah. in my opening, I spoke about a lot of times how the church have mishandled people. Yeah. And that's why we have a we have a lot of people leaving the church or say, well, you know, this is why I don't go to church or I don't like them or them holy rollers. Because, again, you can't see lies. You can't see some, you know, you can't sometimes look at a person directly and say, oh, they cheat on their husband, they cheat on their wife. And, and uh, you know, I, you can't really see a thief. You know, you just see a person. And a lot of times the things that people struggle with are invisible. It's kind of like mm-hmm. they, you know, mm-hmm. you see them cry, break down, and, and or you even know them personally, you kind of know what they're struggling with. But when it comes to a homosexual person or a lesbian, like you said, you see this woman looking like a tomboy, and you see this man who may be flamboyant. You don't. Most yeah. people don't know how to deal with that up front. They don't know how to yeah. just say, hey, how you doing? The first thing they say is, are you gay? Exactly. And that is yep. itself. That in itself is rude, is rude and is disrespectful. But if you came to church to worship God, if you came to church to praise God, you're not worried about what the next person doing. Yes, you're not worried yes. about it. your your hands is and because you we all we all by now should know that we're not at church for us. We think we're there for ourselves, but all the things that we go through is to help somebody else. Yes. So when I lift yes. my hands and I'm praying and I'm I'm lifting my hands and I'm praying and I'm praising God and I'm thanking God, you don't know why, but somebody else may be being helped because they, they see how I believe and they see that it's real to me. So they're like, well, if Sister Tina doing it, it must be real. It must be working. So let me try it. But somebody's deliverance is locked up in your worship. Because when you release that sound, God, God hears that. It, it's like an infant in his nose, and he hears it. So he, his presence comes. And when his presence comes, the demonic spirits and forces, they have to go. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it, it tells us that every, every, it tells us every knee is going to bow and every tongue going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And in it, it, the Bible, if you really read it, it do tell you that even the heathen know that our God, he's the most high. They know that. They, they know it. They can say what they want to yeah. say. So like when you were talking about the truth, the truth is the truth. And yes, it yeah. cuts. And, the, wor- and yes. the word itself cuts like a double-edged sword. Not me. That's the word. Mm-hmm. And if I say that mm-hmm. I'm a representative of the word, then I have to speak it whether somebody get offended or not because Jesus, yeah. he offended the Pharisee. He offended the Pharisee so bad that they killed him. He was, he offended them because he was against their religious practices. He was re- against them being fake. That's the truth. So the word itself, so the word itself is going to offend. That's the truth because a lot of times, and this is um, what the church needs to really like get out of the mode of you know a lot of us come to church broken. It just so happens that when you see a gay person that you know full well is gay, they're just showing you their brokenness. It's out in the open. 
but you don't see the one that is cheating on their wife or the one that's cheating on their husband or the one that's being cussed out at night or the the child that's being abused and you don't see their marks or the woman that's being battered and you don't see her marks. You don't see all of that because those that stuff remains hidden. But for a homosexual to come up in a church looking for some truth, as a church, we really need to show compassion, and we really need to see the broken, the brokenness that's already set up inside of them and not look at the behavior because we get so quick to look at the behavior of homosexuality and not what the underlying meaning of what got them there. Yes, and everybody everybody who um everybody who deals with homosexuality they were not molested um, exactly you know yes, and we true. we spoke you know we spoke that in the prior show um everybody was not molested um you know everybody didn't go through anything traumatic but That's you know true. and i know uh, and and my brother he had a you know my bro- both my brothers because Kivano Hunt that is my brother my brother, he. Okay. I, I, I apologize if I offended you with the, you know, anyone with the title of uh, overcoming homosexuality and perversion. I, I apologize if it's offensive to anyone, and I, you know, and I don't have a problem with apologizing. And the reason why I will apologize for the title because it may be worded wrong, but when you do a study, when you when you study deliverance and you read the books like Pigs in the Parlor and you do the study and even when you you know, even when you do your study in, in theology, it tells you when it breaks down and starts talking about the strong men, you know, homosexuality falls under perversion. It does. It, it falls it falls it falls under there. It falls under the strong men of perversion because it, it you know the Bible talk about twelve but you know it, it talk about twelve, but there are you know there are categories, and you said that the enemy doesn't play fair. You said that earlier. The enemy doesn't play yeah. fair, and I want to go to you know. And if you read the scripture, I think it's Matthew, um, Matthew twelve and twenty nine. It said, "How do you enter a strong man's house?" First, you have to bind the strong man, and then you could, you know, then they talk about spoiling his spoiling his goods. So, and when you read over the New Testament and start talking about the little foxes, uh, or maybe in mm-hmm. Proverbs where they talk about the little foxes, where the the little foxes could just like when they were eating on the vines, the enemy works just like that. He have to distract you. And like you said, yeah. the demonic forces they they play with your mind, they they attack you. And what people don't understand is that when I did when I did my study, one thing that I learned was you talked about open doors. People yeah. practice witchcraft. People practice witchcraft and all type of things, and they open doors. They have open, yeah. some things that we deal with right now in our life today. Is because of things our four our four parents have done. Yes. Yep. And yep. you know you have no you may not have any idea that somebody in your family practiced witchcraft or made some type of deal. But it, when they talk about generational curses and they talk about things yeah. blood curses and they talk about things going through the bloodline, 
It starts from idolatry. It starts from turning away from God. Somebody turned away from God somewhere and took it upon themselves, and that opened the door. It opened the yeah. door. And when that yeah. door is open, that whatever decided to step through, whether it be, you know, and perversion is not just homosexuality. Per- perversion yeah. is pretty much anything that's the opposite of his nature. So, you know, yes, a woman being with a woman, a man being with a man, a man cheating on his wife, a woman cheating on her husband, anything opposite of his nature, a leader that steals money, uh, those type of things, yes, you know, thievery, all those things, they all fall under a category of, of a strong man. But you have those things in you because turning away from God somewhere, seeking yourself somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got two more callers. Okay, and I know you. Um, I know you. Um, has so much time, so I'm not gonna hold you up. That's okay. Um, I do wanna. Oh, go ahead. Um, caller a five four two. Hello. I thought I heard somebody. Hello? Okay, you could go ahead with what you were saying. I wanted to um, also mention that I have written a book, and it's called Broken Out of the Shadows. It will be coming out soon, and and it's really just uh, displaying. um, I just gave you cliff notes, but it's really just displaying the process of what I went through and how I did fight God, and I did not feel the conviction at first, like what your brother was saying, mm-hmm. you got to feel, you know, I did not feel none of the conviction because I was comfortable being where I was at and going to church and and happy praising the Lord being gay. And so um, I, I agree wholeheartedly what you're saying when when you when you're uh, talking about the church and when you're saying what you're saying about it because it's important that uh, people become more aware on how to handle uh, those that are walking in the church because um, they're the reason why church seats are empty because they're not handled properly. And so when you're not handled properly, you get that church hurt. Then you feel like, well, God is hurting me. Since the church hurt me, God don't love me. And so it's it's just, it's you know, um, church is just me. And I'm speaking really generically because I know a lot of churches don't operate like this. And I know that, you know, for for me, my church does not operate like that because I'm a living example because of what they've done with me and how they um, walk me through with no judgment and seeing that's the thing. A lot of times when your sin is just on your sleeve the way it is, you get judged and you, you, you mm-hmm. get the talks of why are you dressing like that and why are you looking like that. And especially when you're going through a process, is you know, it's just like, you know, and then even what your brother's saying, you know, when God – says that you're delivered, you're delivered. When God says you're free, you're free. Well, it also says that we are human. And because we're human, we are so flawed. And so because we're flawed, a lot of times we trip over the process or we trip over the the deliverance or we trip 
over, you know, the understanding of what God is really saying in our life. And so sometimes we can't grab hold of the deliverance like God wants us to because at the end of the day, he gives us free will. Amen. Because I know I don't I don't struggle with homosexuality, but I struggled with unforgiveness. And I my pro, my process of deliverance was like when I really you know I had asked you know going to church and and my pastor uh, Prophet John Veal he was talking about um, the spirit of offense. He talked about uh, being offended, and he had us write it down. Uh, you know, he, he, he told us, ask God to show you you. And I was like, okay. But I had already been through this process before because my one of my spiritual gifts is healing. So before you can heal somebody else, you have to work on yourself. And I noticed mm-hmm. that I had like when, you know, when it came down to the people, writing down the people, like people I needed to forgive, Oh my goodness! I had pages, and I was—I didn't realize how much I had. I didn't realize how much I had held on to. I did not, yeah. and, and and then I didn't realize how much I had held on to. And then when I really thought about it, like how stubborn I was, my my attitude was my attitude was like real nasty, and just cussing at people, cursing people out. Like you know, I had to go. I in the process of it. I know what you're talking about, like the withdrawals and the, you know, the, um, when you, you know, uh, what you call it when they, when you kind of, when it manifests and you like have been getting rid of it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was deep. It it was, it was a deep process for me because I did not realize that I harbored that much unforgiveness in my heart. And people, people go, you, you know, it, yo, everybody's process is different because of everybody's process is different because of what, what you deal with. But when you have that encounter with him, and like you say, yes. he speaks directly to you, he speaks directly to you. He gets your attention. And then yeah. he uses that vessel to come in and, and speak into your life and talk to you and walk you through and stand by you and say, it's okay. It's okay, yes. you know. It's something else. It it it, it, yeah. it and I thank God for deliverance because that you know deliverance is the children's bread. It it is for it is for anyone who really wants. It's for anyone who wants it. It really is. Yeah. And I'm. Yeah. And I'm and I'm and I wanted to. I wanted to speak on this topic because there are a lot of people who feel like you know this is just who I am. You know, yeah. and 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 meaning this is just who I am. That goes for anything. There are some people who like my daddy was a cheater, my uncle was a cheater, my granddaddy was a, a mm-hmm. cheater. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. That's not true. You know, it don't. You don't have to just stick to what you know. We don't have to. You don't have to just stick to homosexuality. Like, you know, it it, it covers a, it covers a multitude of things where it people does. just say this is just how I, this is just how I am. Because there are some people in my family, they are some bitter people. I know some very bitter people. Like you would think they woke up every day and just ate salt all day long. Mm. That's how bitter they are. And well, this is this, just how I am. No, that's not true. God wants. Yeah. God wants. He God wants to do something different with everybody. Everybody yes, was called does. for a purpose, and just like um, he um, he said, 
I lived this life and I was still able to go out and minister and talk to people and still love God. The gifts of the, the uh, gifts of the spirit are irrevocable. They are without repentance. If you were That's called true. to be a prophet, you gonna you gonna that gift gonna that gift gonna work. If you were called to be a healer, that gift gonna work. No matter what you're doing, if you were called to be a worshiper, a singer, if if that if you have the gift of singing, I don't care where you at. You're going to sing. You could be in jail. You're going to sing. You could be a drug addict. You're going to sing. Because you hear the, you, you see people, you know, the gifts are without repentance. So no matter what you're in, if that's what you were called to do, it's going to work. Now, when the anointing, yeah. when, you add the, when you add the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost, that's something different. But the gift is the, the, gift, is the gift. So you're still going to be able to minister. We do have one more call, and I know that um, – you had so much time. Go ahead. Hello? 1185. Hello? Hello? Can you guys hear me? Hello. Yes. Yes. Hello. Good evening. This is Erica. Hi, Erica. Hey, Kenyatta. I just wanted to tell you, Kenyatta, that we are so proud of you, our sister, our friend and company, and you did an amazing job tonight. And I wanted to say that your illustration is perfect because I work in recovery and addiction, and I have, as a pastor, I have pastored in counseling sessions with those who are struggling in the area of homosexuality, and there is a parallel with that because and then if we want to get biblical, the Bible talks about the lust of our flesh and how our members war against one another. So there is a, there is a time when you have the shape when you want to go back out, and that's what lust do. Lust will have you yeah. in a place where you're craving, you're urging. It's like that's that manifestation of the flesh that wants something that it's not supposed to have, and then our spirit begins to try to fight, and it goes back and forth. And it's a great parallel whether you are on drugs or not, but if you've ever saw someone struggle with that and then to see someone struggle in that area of homosexuality, it is something that you can parallel. I want to encourage you to keep telling your testimony, and um, we're just so proud of you. You're handling the harshness or the raw from people. You're handling it great. You're flowing in peace and in love, and we say keep sharing your testimony and don't back down and keep sharing it with grace and with elegance, and we love you, and we are covering you in prayer. Thank you Amen. so much. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, call 6055. Hello? Hello? Hello, this Hello. is Kenyatta. This is Ruby. Hi, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get in. I, I hung up on myself the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I just wanted to say, just like the the last caller, that that was a great analogy. Um, It was a great qualitative analogy. It was subjective because of what you experienced, and there were others that had experienced the same thing that you went through. So I agree, it is like a withdrawal. I haven't went through that, but I can relate to the um, host here when she talks about forgiveness. Forgiveness was a struggle for me, and it's hard to get through that. Um, Then the gentleman also that was um, on the phone talking, um, and his his feeling and he being comfortable in his gayness, um, 
is you said that you have to want to be delivered from homosexuality. And so if you're not willing, you don't have that willing spirit, you're not opening up for God to step in and deliver you from that stronghold. So, you know, that's that's just what I wanted to say and that I'm so proud of you. And, you know, we're listening and supporting you in Arkansas. <laughs> and Thank you. I love you and keep it up. I love you, too. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Well, Miss Hall, I know you uh you you pro- you promised me an hour and I know I've I've been over <laughs> almost ten minutes. So and I don't wanna <laughs> okay. I don't wanna I don't wanna keep you I don't wanna keep you any longer, but if you ha do okay. you have any closing words? Well, one thing I wanted to say, I know uh, you uh, wanted to apologize for how you titled your um session tonight, your um talk show tonight and I just wanted to say there's no need to apologize for what you put on there because that was the truth and a lot of times when um, offense happens especially when it comes to um, homosexuality offense happens due to the rejection and I can say that 100% of people that are in that life, that are gay, and I can say this with so much confidence, they are dealing with rejection. And so when it comes to, and then this is why Kim Burrell gets attacked so hard by the gay community, is because of the rejection just and them taking it in as being um, something that hit them personally because she's, She's saying that about who I am, but the deception and the lie is that's not who you are, and that's not who God said you are. So the way you titled it was very accurate. It is homosexuality is tied to perversion. Does that make the person himself perverted? No. It means that um, he's dealing with or she's dealing with the spirit of perversion. The spirit of lust, the spirit of deception, the spirit that is lying to them. And so that's not who that person is. And so I always try to make that so clear when I'm, especially when I'm ministering to someone who is gay, that I'm not talking about mm-hmm. you per se. I'm talking about the um, the issue that you're dealing with, the lie that has been told to you, especially if they're mm-hmm. open to the dialogue. So uh, I just appreciate you um, even reaching out to me and um, putting me on your show. I I really enjoy myself and I I appreciate what you're doing and how you are opening the lines up for a, a dialogue like this to happen because it's important for people to, to dialogue about this because, uh, we got to stop dancing around it. And I'm glad that you are a voice to um, many that won't dance around the topic anymore. That will just, and even you not even experiencing um, homosexuality personally, but you understand that there's a need out there to, to have a dialogue to talk about it. So I appreciate you even opening this up for conversation. 
Well, thank you. And um, just, um, I know you said you was nervous, but I do want to commend you. You did an excellent job. And even even <laughs> when it you. got a little hot, you did an excellent <laughs> job. And, and I really see God giving you, you know, this is this is just a this is just an opportunity, but I see God giving you a, a, a even greater platform, and I wish you all the success yes, on your book. You. And I'm just I so every caller on this line that called and encouraged this woman, God bless you. I thank you for supporting <laughs> yes. her, and I thank you for all the words, and I thank you for just being a positive force in her life. That she had people praying for her when she when she can't pray for herself. So I thank God for yes. each and every caller. Or I thank God for every caller, every supporter. I thank I thank God for you, and I thank God for you in her life. I, I really do, and I'm um, just, again. I just wish you great success and. You know, this is this was just your first run. Get ready. She got some more Amen. for you to do. You got some talking you you got some talking you gotta do, ma'am. So God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. And I just uh, again I wanna thank Miss Hall for joining us tonight and um I want to thank everyone for um, calling in and listening and um, just being a part of the Soul Cafe. One of the things, again, that I want to do is I want to be able to have those difficult conversations and definitely have a kingdom mindset towards them and be able to embrace even people that don't agree. And for us to, for, uh, you know, as the church, we, we are to be welcoming. We are to be compassionate. We are to be loving and understanding. But we are still supposed to stand on the word of God and know that it, it is the infallible word. It, it is true. It is true, and it is true to me, I believe, and I'm going to continue to have conversations on topics from homosexuality to cheating. We're going to have we're going to have those conversations, and what place do they have in the church, and what can the church what can the church do to help to help the world? Because you know, with the inauguration and everything coming, it's the time for the intercessor. It's the time for the worshiper. We have to be on our knees. We have to be praying because we don't know what we don't know what's coming next, and we all need to be on one accord. So again, I thank everyone for listening, and uh, we're gonna end. We're gonna end kind of early tonight, so we're gonna leave out with um, smiling. So thank everyone for calling, and God bless you, and thank you for calling the Soul Cafe with Minister Tina. To the Lord, it will be okay. Keep smiling now, it won't last always. You have endurance to test, believe in have the faith every day. Everything that happened to you Keep your eyes on the prize You're gonna see you through 
watch him when things count for you. He knows all your issues. Praise your way through. He's gonna make it better. Yeah. God is gonna work things out for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you? 